This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The Alabama legislature is heading into a third day of a special session that was called by Governor Ivey. Two Senate committees did vote on two different tax cut bills before that special session began. Both of those bills, SB 18 and SB 19, are sponsored by State Senator Arthur Orr of Decatur. Orr acknowledged to 1819 News that there's a good bit of money in the education budget, and that can lead to unnecessary overspending. Orr is introducing the tax cut bills to get the discussion going. He says he's open to other ideas on how to give a tax cut, but he does believe the legislature should try to send some of the excess tax revenue back to the taxpayer. SB 18 creates further exemptions with 401ks for those who are 65 years or older. SB 19 raises the standard exemption on state income taxation. Both bills were passed after amendments were made, and the two bills will be considered by the full state Senate after the special session is over. UAB Hospital is announcing an interesting accomplishment by way of organ transplants. Two pigs' kidneys have been successfully placed into a human body through surgery. That human body belongs to 57-year-old Jim Parsons, who was declared brain dead after a dirt bike accident. Parsons' family donated his body for this project. The transplanted kidneys were not rejected during the time that the donor was on life support, which was for about three days. One kidney even started to produce urine before that life support was removed. The pig's organs were genetically modified before they were placed into the human body so that the human immune system would not attack it as a foreign tissue. Doctors will continue to test and monitor the situation before they move on to live patients that are in need of such a transplant. Alabama's sole Democrat and sole female U.S. representative in Alabama is now being challenged this coming election year. Beatrice Nichols has qualified for the Republican Party primary for the 7th Congressional District. Congresswoman Terry Sewell is running for her 7th term in that seat. Nichols moved to Alabama from Knoxville, Tennessee when she was 11. She is a teacher and a former nurse. Nichols told 1819 News that the reason she decided to jump into the race is because she's furious about what's going on in the country. Nichols says people are trying to tell her how to live, what to put in her body, what her children should learn, who she should socialize with, and what she should believe. Nichols says it's not okay that Washington wants to destroy the America she grew up in. Primary voting will be held this coming May 25th, with the general election, of course, in November. The Alabama Council on Developmental Disabilities is seeking to raise awareness of human trafficking. The group is running an education campaign that involves social media and digital ads, along with English and Spanish videos. This effort is being done during January, which is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. The ACDD says that this is a silent epidemic affecting thousands of men and women and children across the nation. They say they're being exploited sexually or through forced labor, or both. The ACDD says that those with disabilities are even more vulnerable to this crime and are often being exploited by a trusted family member and have no way of knowing how to get out of the situation. The Human Trafficking Hotline is 1-888-3737-888. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, The U.S. Supreme Court declines to send a case from Texas that bans abortions back to a federal judge. The court was asked to take the case out of the hands of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans and send it back to a federal judge who first placed a block on the law to keep it from being implemented. 
The Fifth Circuit Court lifted that federal judge's injunction when the case made its rounds to them, which allowed the state of Texas to enforce the law. Now the Fifth Circuit Court is sending the whole case back to the Texas Supreme Court for review. Liberals say the refusal to send it back to a federal judge who will block it is a delay tactic that hurts abortion clinics. Conservatives, on the other hand, are counting how many babies are not being aborted every day that the law continues to be enacted. The law bans abortions in that state after a fetal heartbeat is detected. More election integrity problems are brewing in the state of Georgia. Garland Favorito is with Voter GA. He held a press conference this week in which he discussed his organization finding 100,000 ballots not having proper chain of custody documentation. Favorito is confirming what another group, True the Vote, found out in their investigation regarding ballot boxes and security videos that were placed at those ballot boxes. Favorito also dropped some accusations on Brad Raffensperger, who is the Georgia Secretary of State. Yes, there is a cover-up in the state of Georgia, and yes, the Secretary of State, we believe, is, is behind it. The Secretary of State continues to make these claims that everything is okay, but he can never prove it. And in fact, and not only that, he is preventing us from seeing the ballots. He filed an amicus brief in our case to prevent us from seeing the ballots that would have proved to the, all the public, regardless of whether they're uh, Republican, Democrat, or anything else, would have proved the election results. The Secretary of State, in conjunction with the Attorney General, is preventing the people of Georgia from knowing the truth about the election, and that's totally unacceptable, whether it's this election, the next election, or any other election. A Texas Democrat is under scrutiny by law enforcement for some reason. U.S. Congressman Henry Quillar had his home and campaign office raided by FBI agents where bags, bins, and computers were taken. The FBI, of course, offered no comment on that investigation. 66-year-old Quillar has been quite outspoken about the breach in border security in his state and has even criticized President Biden for not enforcing immigration law. Quillar has been serving in that congressional seat since 2005. His congressional district does run along the U.S.-Mexico border. A Tennessee state lawmaker is proposing a law to honor Kyle Rittenhouse, who was recently acquitted of shooting deaths in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Kyle's law would require the state of Tennessee to reimburse people who are charged by a malicious prosecutor and then found to be not guilty of murder if they use self-defense. The state would cover wages lost by the defendant during the trial, as well as their legal fees. Congressman Bruce Griffey is offering the bill. Griffey says it's to help those protecting their community or businesses from lawlessness so that they're free to fight back against enemies of the Constitution. Well, some good news from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis regarding his wife, Casey, who is battling breast cancer. Wanted to let everybody know that... um the uh, first lady yesterday we completed the final uh, chemotherapy treatment that she has to do so it's um you know it's not the most fun thing to see someone to go through but you know at the end of the day uh you know she she, she's fought really hard we think she's responded very well i mean still got more stuff to do uh but but that's a big milestone because it's uh it's 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 nasty stuff you know when they're when they're doing that and so uh, I just wanted to let everyone know that, you know, she got through that, uh, she ran that gauntlet, um, she's doing well, and we look forward to continue to have uh, good news over the, over the ensuing weeks and months. So thanks, everyone, and God bless. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he gives credit where credit is due for those who 
got into the mix when it comes to the COVID vaccine battle. One of the things I'm not mad at is the fact that the state of Alabama has been doing some good things to fight back against vaccine mandates. Our attorney general has been up front, man. Our attorney general, Steve Marshall, has been just kicking it when it comes to fighting vaccine mandates at every level and fighting government overreach in a variety of ways, by the way. Our state legislature, which I thought was way too tepid and quiet for too long about government overreach, did get engaged uh, in thanks in part to um, Senator Arthur Orr from this listening area. During the special session where the governor didn't want to do anything on COVID, they said, no, 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 we're here, we're doing something anyway. They passed a law that, you know, perhaps it could have been stronger, I get it, but you know what, we're one of the only states in the nation that has a law that requires employers, requires them to offer a means of accommodation to be exempted from a vaccine mandate. I'm just saying. And then one of the other things that's happened is we have people in this state who have stepped up and said, put my name on the list. I will be involved in that. I will go and fight it. Sometimes they were businesses like um, uh, Fabark. You know, we've had our friend Matt Clark on from the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty who filed suit on behalf of a company called Fabark. Uh, Tony Pugh owns Fabark. They employ a whole bunch of people, 200-something employees. He decided he was not going to do a mandate. In other words, he didn't say, sorry, employees, I don't know what to tell you. We're going to do the best we can. I hope that you all can get your accommodations. Please submit your paperwork. No. He said, as a company, I am not going to do that to my people. And he filed suit against the Biden administration. That's right. And that's, that's still going fairly well right now. Another one, though, that came to my attention, Alabama's Associated Builders and Contractors. That's basically it's the association related to um, builders and contractors around the state. You know, they lobby on their interests and that kind of stuff. What you may not be aware of is they were also a part of the recent arguments for the Supreme Court. That's right. Our Alabama Associated Builders and Contractors were a part of the packet of briefs that were considered by the Supreme Court when they went through the process and decided to rule against the Biden administration and put a stay on the enforcement of the OSHA mandate. And and I, I just think that's worth pointing out. I love the fact that our state is in the mix. And I love the fact that, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with things like don't give them a tax break. You know, that's, that's irritating to me. But then I see other things like that and I go, yep, Yep, we got some good folks doing some good things, and I like it. You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to get those reports directly to your electronic device, you can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And on the main page, if you leave me a five-star rating, I surely would appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.